Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Both guys have the ability to run the football and pass. The thing about Daniels is he's a little bit quicker, a little more elusive because of his size. He doesn't have that KJ run you over type mentality that we've seen from Jefferson, not just this season, but other games as well. And so it's going to be unique for both defenses. Arkansas missing their two best linebackers in bumper pool and in Drew Sanders. Drew getting ready for the draft bumper being having the surgery and being injured. Uh, Christopher Pupal has been a guy this season you've really liked. I think he has four sacks on the year. He was a freshman All-American and a freshman All-SEC guy for a reason. He's got a high ceiling here at Arkansas. And him and Jordan Crook, Tom, in addition to Jackson Woodard and some other guys, they're going to be counted on to really spy the QB and make the right reads and the right cuts. Otherwise, Daniels is going to be going to the house. Yeah, I mean, this is a... You know, this is a test for the defense, who's also missing some players. Seems like every time we open our mouths and talk about something, it's, well, you know, this player's getting their first start, or this player hadn't seen much action all the year, or this player opted out, given a, an opportunity for a, a guy like Jordan Crook to, to, to see a starting spot. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you've got to, to figure out what's going on here. And I just wonder, you know, we, we talk about these assistant coaches and, and now a new coordinator and, you know, whose fingerprints are going to be on this defense later today? Uh, is it going to be the same system? I would suspect it'll be a lot of what we've seen, but uh, it's hard to teach anything new. But will we see any new wrinkles, any more aggressiveness, uh, anything different today uh, with, a new, uh, with a new coordinator? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. I'm excited. I will give Sam Pittman credit. He's not making excuses. We're not making any excuses, none. We've got enough good players on our football team that we can go out and win a football game, and that's the expectation we have and the players have. We're not new. We've all been on the football team all year. You're going to see a few faces that you're not familiar with, but the practices have been lively, and they have been physical, and uh, Dalton was 100% correct. Chuck now joins us live in Memphis thanks to high tech, high tech truck refrigeration. Chuck, I thought that was the best sound bite from yesterday when Sam Pittman talking about not making excuses. You know, they, uh, they came here to win the game. I'll give you a little advance on our pregame show later today. He said, you know, we're not going to be one of these teams that you know, goes to a bowl game and embarrasses our fan base by not showing up. He said, we're going to come to play. And so, you know, we'll, uh, I'm sure Kansas feels the same way, and everybody else that plays in a bowl game uh, feels that way. So we'll see what happens. You're still the SEC team, Tommy, and I know that there's a lot of guys that you're missing. Chuck made the point yesterday, but there's not one guy that is keeping you from going to Atlanta this year that you didn't have or something. These are guys that you're expecting to step up in the coming years. They're just getting a unique opportunity to do it a little earlier. 
Yeah, I mean, and I think it's going to be interesting to to just see, like Chuck was saying, that, you know, who shows up at four thirty today with more with more aggression. I I still come back, and I may be wrong about this, Chuck, but you know, I think Arkansas can run the ball and run it down their throat. It may not happen from series one or quarter one, but much like last year's bowl game, Arkansas won that game in the second half by running it all over Penn State. I I kind of expect the same thing today. Well, you know, I, I can remember last year thinking, gosh, you know, run the ball. I mean, let's stop yeah. all this other stuff. Let's run the ball. They're depleted. Now, Kansas may be saying the same thing about us today. You know, they're depleted. Run the ball. Um, so I, I sort of think that, yeah, that's what Arkansas wants to do. I mean, when you look at, um, you know, when you look at the offensive line, that's probably the one area that is really most intact. And I know you lose Stromberg, but you move Limmer over to center. Uh, Crawford's played a good bit this year. They they actually they've tried him at guard and tackle, and they think guard's going to be a spot. So they're going to plug him in there. And uh, you know KJ's there, Rockets there, AJ Green, Rashad Debinion. Um, you know you ought to be able to run the ball today. That's the exp- I mean, this is a bad scoring defense. They're outside the top 100, and they haven't been consistent all year long. That you should just be able to have your will with them, even with a couple guys missing. And it's not rocket science. If this team, again, is not great at their position, or that, that side of the football, you should have success against them later on today. Well, maybe. I mean, it uh, um, you know, it'd be nice if it was just as simple as lining up and just plowing over them. But uh, they'll give different looks, and they'll do different things defensively. And you know, here's the thing about a game like this is you've had, despite all the things that are going on, um, you know, you've had your, your, your scout staff, you've had your advanced guys. I mean, they've had plenty of time to uh, formulate a plan, you know, look for weaknesses. Um, I realize watching videos different because, you know, in Arkansas's case, a lot of those guys are gone. But schematically, it's going to be similar. And, uh, you know, Kansas is going to do what they've done all year long. So I think both sides have had a pretty good opportunity to scout. And um, I think Arkansas will throw it a little more than people think. But, but, but the bread and butter is going to be running the ball. Chuck, you just gave us kind of a behind-the-scenes sneak peek of what Sam's going to be talking on later on the pregame. Did he happen to mention a certain guy in these bowl practices that he feels like has stepped up, either on the offensive or defensive side of the football? No, we didn't really talk about that, no. No, I mean, we didn't really talk about that. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, the uh, the candidates are obvious, though. I'm, I mean, um, um, but, you know, it's an 11-man game on each side. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's going to have to be more than more than just one guy. But to answer your question, no, he didn't, he didn't talk about that. Yeah, and, you know, this is a game today that, you know, obviously <laughs> no, one, no one in that football office wants to say they lost to Kansas. Uh, who, they've had a better season than normal. Uh, that's why they're in this bowl game. I mean, Arkansas, let's be honest, didn't reach the expectations that they had set out for themselves beginning of the year. For Kansas, they may have, you know, not met what they wanted mid-year, Chuck, but getting to a bowl is a big deal for Kansas. You know, a lot of people are making well, a big deal out of – they're making a big deal out of how well, the fans seem to be outnumbered. Well, Arkansas is going to have a lot of people drive in today. And I think by the end of it today, you know, this is going to be a good atmosphere for the Hogs to, to get out there and, and hopefully, you know, put a – put a dot on it for the for, for spring practice coming up this this is not the way you want to uh go into spring and, and live with it in the offseason as a loss to kansas well you don't want to no i mean it doesn't mean that you know it's all doom and gloom i mean you no. know uh, people people come back from things like this all the time and the truth of the matter is this roster that you're playing with today 
is really a one-off roster. I mean, it's a, it's a you know you're going to have different guys in here next year. Uh, you're going to have another defensive end. You're going to have a whole bunch of different players, and this team's different than the one that you just played the season with. So it's kind of a one-off roster today. And so, um, yes, it's important to win the bowl game. I don't think it's disastrous if you don't because your roster is going to be completely made over by the time you – you get to next fall anyway. So that takes me to where I want to go next. Is not, And I'm not talking about just Arkansas specifically, but uh, probably past the semifinals and some of the New Year's Day 6. How much stock should we put in any of these bowl games that are uh, that are not part of kind of that elite group because of opt-outs, because of players not playing for a variety of reasons? Uh, how much stock should we put into what we see, not just at the Liberty Bowl, but a lot of these games have already been played or going to be played in the next uh, 24, 48 hours? Well, I think it probably varies from place to place. Um, I think there are places where you probably need a win, maybe more than somewhere else. Um, you know, on the flip side to this, we're talking about Arkansas not wanting to lose to Kansas. I mean, Kansas was 5-0. and if Kansas loses today, they will have lost seven of their last eight. So, I mean, you want to talk about a what yeah. might have been. I, I mean, but, but, but to answer your question, um, I do think as we move forward, um, we are going to continue to see this. I think that this is going to be the death knell for a lot of bowls. Um, I don't think that they're going to mean as much over time as maybe they once did. I don't think they're always going to be the springboard into recruiting. Um, it's almost as though, and I hate to say this, but it's almost as though when you look at the way college football is now and you reconfigure your, your, your roster after every season and you've got the early signing period, the transfer portal, and all this stuff going on, it's almost like these minor bowl games are interruptions. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I hate to put it like that, and I know they don't view it that way, but... I worry about what we're going to see in terms of these bowl games as we move forward. I, I, I suspect that the death now will be accelerated as we move through the next two or three years. Maybe right. What's it like there in Memphis? I mean, the, the, bowl, had, the bowl committee issued a statement you know, basically reassuring everybody that, hey, we're going to play. We had to bring in some port johns and there's no water pressure. But uh, I know the, the hotel you guys have been staying at, uh, you know, simple things like just you know, hot water and cold water aren't as, uh, as easy to come by this week. You know, where, where, where we are, and the team hotels, the Peabody, um, we've had water pressure issues, but that's been the only issue. Now, I know next door uh, at the Doubletree where uh, the media is housed, and boy, you don't want to have problems at the media hotel because they're going <laughs> to write about it and talk about it all day, and that's what's going on right now. They got some water pressure issues over there, and I think that, you know, I, I was looking at the news just a few minutes ago as it came on at, at 6, and they were talking about the boil order. The good news is it's going to warm up a lot today, and it's supposed to be in the 50s. In fact, right now it's above freezing, and that's a that's a big improvement. Yeah. But uh, I think you're going to see the land of the porta potties. <laughs> the <laughs> land the of Liberty the porta potties. That's yeah. what it's going to be. 400, so, Chuck. 400. I'm just saying, I'm saying if, if, if you're driving over today, um, it's going to be a porta potty kind of day. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> oh man, and, and Tommy, that that uh, that trek between Little Rock and Memphis that you love so much, I think it got a little worse that they're going to be shepherding those. Uh, well, I mean, we're seeing these. I was watching this story on the news uh, down south, south of Greenwood, and in, in the Hartford and Sugarloaf area. The the, the I think it's the James Fork Water 
district or whatever. They're having a similar issue or, where uh, essentially they had to drain to the reservoirs or whatever, but they were already running dry uh, because people left faucets running, as you would suspect, during the freezing weather. They were run out of water, and then they had some freezing pipes. And, you know, we, we, we don't think about the water company, the actual water facilities being susceptible to the uh, – to the cold, but this was, you know, historic kind of cold that's put put them in a bind too. And I think not just there, but a, a lot of water districts. Hey, we're not equipped for this in the South. No, that's we're just not. Part of it. I mean, we're just not equipped for it. And I know Memphis is, um, um, you know, it, it's obviously the talk of the town. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. If 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 everything had been great at the media hotel. I don't know if the Liberty Bowl would have felt compelled to issue a statement the way they did that the game's still on and all that. But, again, I mean, when you've got problems at the media hotel, it's like everybody knows how frustrated you are when you get to a hotel and it's not the way you want it to be. Well, imagine if, like, you, you got the power of the pen or the power of the microphone. So I, I, I think that's contributed to some of it, too. But um, I think for fans that drive over today um, – you know, a lot of them will come over, go to the game, drive home. And um, there are a lot of Kansas fans here. There are a lot of Arkansas fans here. I can tell you, the team hotel, it's it's not much different than it's always been. But, um, you know, I suspect that I don't think it's going to be full. I don't think it's going to be full today. But I think Arkansas fans will, uh, will drive over today, and there'll be a good crowd. I had several friends that were sending me pictures of the – different parades and silk hill solvents and some of the things i think i'm most jealous though of the barbecue that you guys get to eat over there this week chuck i think that's what well, i'm most I mean, envious of this uh there's a lot of good food here that's for sure you're not going to go hungry no doubt about that yeah have you watched the ducks come down the elevator you taking that you know I, I well they uh uh they took them back in uh monday what's today wednesday days running yeah together. i know yeah i, I saw know. them for a little bit on uh, monday saw them for a little bit on monday I can tell you though, you know, when they bring them back up right at five o'clock, if you're not um, if you're not in place, uh, you're not going to get to see them. So it's yeah, just, uh, I mean, that's just uh, that's just kind of how it works. Hey, let me talk just for a second, guys. Stop you, and we'll uh, we'll talk about real estate for just a minute. My friends at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, because you know if you're in the real estate market, if you're buying or selling, and I know that it's a never-ending market, really. You really need somebody on your side that knows the game, and that's what they do at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. You're going to find trained professionals, best training in the business. You're going to find people that understand the market, what every movement means. They understand how to negotiate as a result of that. That means you get the best price, and it gets you from contract to close, and that's the bottom line because you're trying to get this thing done. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale. They're in Bentonville now. They're in Fort Smith. They're in Branson, Missouri. They recently opened an office up there. And of course, you're going to see their yellow signs, and you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. You open up tonight in basketball as well on the road, and you guys have made this point. I didn't think about it. You guys kind of like opening up on the road because it gives you maybe an extra Saturday game that if you, you get if you didn't do that. Well, I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I mean, I guess that's right. Saturday games are important. You know, you want those Saturday home games. And, um, you know, that's uh, – I, 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 don't, I don't like opening up uh, this, this week. I think it's a mistake. I think they need to correct it moving forward. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I guess if you open on the road, you're going to get a Saturday game somewhere down the line. Tommy, what's your read on LSU? 
Well, I think it's going to be a, a, a – it's always a tough place to play. You know, obviously, Muss has some history there. But my read is what we were talking about earlier. You know, if you're hoping to finish first or second in this league and have a shot at a three-seed or better, uh, particularly like, you, you know, we're talking one or two-seed for this team – you know, you can't play the must-win card this early, but you just start doing the math, guys. You're going to get to at least 13, and probably 14 wins is where you're going to need to be to be in the hunt for a uh, a piece of the regular season title. Chuck, you got to win this game. Now, this is not one I think you can give away with what else is on your schedule. LSU's not considered to be one of the powers in this league. I'm not going to label it must-win, but this feels like a game that you, you can't lose – to set the tone for the season, and a lot of people think the sky is falling without Nick Smith and all these things if you if you don't. But bottom line is math is math. If you want to get to, let's say, 14, 14 wins in this conference uh, this year, this one you got to win. Well, I mean, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, I don't, uh, um, you know, I don't know that you look at the conference opener and uh, I hear what you're saying, and I do think there are going to be four or five teams where it's going to be close at the end, and you're always going to look back and think man if we'd won this game or you know won that game I think this team's uh I think it's a good team I I think there's going to be an ebb and a flow to every uh, you know this conference season just like there are all of them but I think they'll have a good shot to win tonight and um you know if they don't we'll see what happens but um I think they'll win tonight I I think when you look at football basketball to baseball you have to kind of recalibrate and readjust the emphasis on each game because there's more baseball games than there are basketball games and more basketball games than there are football games and kind of like you said I, chuck i think they're going to win tonight but if you do lose it's not the end of the world you referenced yesterday you started 0 and three in conference play still ended up the elite eight so it's not the end of the world if you lose tonight you just want to win because it's lsu well, I mean, look, we all remember the day when Arkansas was a top one, two, or three seed, and it was close by, and we all got to go. And that's what we'd all like to see. Everybody liked to see that. Um, may happen. I don't know, you know, if um, you know, I don't know if you got to win the league to be a top two or three seed. I think you probably do. But um, you know, it's. Um, I think it's just going to be a dogfight. And I've said this before. I think you can look at Arkansas right now. I think you can look at Tennessee. I think you can look at Alabama. Uh, I think you can look at Kentucky and, and perhaps even Auburn. And you say that, you know, one or two, maybe three or four of those teams. I mean, those are, those are final four worthy type teams. I don't think that's going to change by what happens over the next week. But, um, you know, Sure would be nice to get off to a good start tonight. Absolutely. But, you know, you, you don't have to look much further than last year for some evidence that uh, a loss in the opening game of conference play doesn't doom you for the year. Arkansas lost last year's SEC opener at Mississippi State but went on to win four straight SEC openers prior to that. Arkansas is chuck six and seven when opening on the road in conference play. But uh, last year didn't go so well to open conference play on the road at, at Starkville, and the season turned out okay. Yeah, I mean, they were still, you know, the difference last year and this year is last year they were still searching. They were still trying to figure out who was going to be their players. Um, Trey Wade really hadn't come on yet. Trey Wade ended up being an integral part of what happened down the stretch. You had some other guys that really were not big factors at that point in the season that became factors down the road. This year you're more set. You know, this year you're set, Um, with the exception of Smith. And I don't know what's going to happen there. But um, other than that, you're set. And so I think they know who their candidates are. And I would expect them to play better in the early part of conference play this year. I'm not saying they're going to win every one of them. I'm not saying that. 
But I'm saying I would expect them to be a little bit better early on in conference play because I think they're more, even though they're new, I think they're settled in terms of who their personnel are. I think they know what their rotation's going to be. And um, I don't think they're, 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 they're still trying to figure a lot of things out like they were a year ago. Does 13 wins get you a piece of the title this year, or is it going to take more than that? Might, might. I'm inclined to think it'll take 14, but okay. uh, it could. Um, yeah. You know, there's uh, – I mean, everybody's got to go on the road, and that's what makes it hard. Yeah. I think what also needs to be pointed out is I, I know they mentioned playing in Tulsa, and I know they mentioned playing in Maui, and I know they mentioned playing in Europe, but this is the road test. You got 10,000 corn dog smelling nutsos screaming at you tonight. You might have 750 hog fans there. Ain't, ain't, ain't going to be a close home court advantage, and I would even neutral. This is a road test, and I want to see how Anthony Black, who's your true freshman point guard, who has been really good at points this season and occasionally turned the ball out. How do you handle that pressure tonight as the guy that's got the ball in his hand 24-7? I want to oh, see what I he can do in a road atmosphere tonight. I don't know what the atmosphere is really going to be like. I've been there when it was great, and I've been there when it was, you know, there wasn't anything to it at all. Um, you know, that's not a basketball school. And this is the 28th of December. And I don't know what their attendance is going to be there uh, like uh, there tonight, I, uh, you know, I, I'm 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 not sure what they're going to have there tonight. There there will be much tougher road environments than this one. I will put it that way. Yeah, the yeah. jungle when you go to Auburn, but you are a top ten team. That's my thought. You got a top ten team. You're right. And that's the approach that that's I think. A good point. LSU fans, and you're going to have that all year. I mean, when you go to the jungle next Saturday, you think those fans are going to be ready to beat you after they knocked you or after you knocked yeah, them but, off the pedal school? I guess it's yeah, not next but, Saturday. Man, it's that way every year. I mean, it's that way every year when you go there. But your <laughs> your your point's valid in that as the number nine team in the country, you're going to have a target on your back. Now, whether or not that's going to translate into a full house at the Maravich Center tonight, I don't know about that. Well, I think it will affect attendance as we go along. I do think that. <laughs> Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chuck, I heard you laughing at, uh, towards the break as we are getting into our Morning Rush Daily question. It is call a friend day. You got one person in the entire world that you have to have answer your call at any given point, any given time of day, any given time of night. Who would that be, gentlemen? Guy or girl? It would be either one of you guys. Uh, that's probably <laughs> that's what I was laughing probably That's smart. what I was laughing about. Probably smart. Well, I mean... If if any married man says it's not their their wife, then they're uh, setting themselves up for disaster. So I guess if I've got if this is if you're Regis Philbin and I got a lifeline here, I'm making my one call to my wife. Oh, don't kid well, yourself, no, Tommy. She puts you to voicemail a lot of times. Let's let's be honest about <laughs> yeah, that. I was going to well, say there's a lot of husbands out there that know, man. If I called my wife in trouble, I'd be dead. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hey, I know who I. He didn't say he's in trouble. 
You guys don't know him. Well, you might know him. Audience doesn't know him. Lee, uh, Lee Francis is our engineer for the Razorback Sports Network. I call him all the time for things. I mean, like, just, like, I can't get my computer to do this. I can't get this. I can't do that. He always answers. He always answers my question. I could be 3 o'clock in the morning in the middle of nowhere if I could get a signal. He'd answer. He's the only person I know that would absolutely answer. Mine would be Clay Henry, guys. It's Clay. I don't think Clay would answer I'd call, your call. He answered all this. He's yeah. uh, he's got the showmanship on the air, but that kid has a uh, that kid has a, a, an affinity for his young. It's not predecessor, whatever after him or whatever. But no, I you're think you're not his protege. It's, yeah, his protege, protege. Exactly. That's the word I was looking <laughs> no, for. Thank you, Chuck. No, you're, you're not. kidding yourself. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> on the radio side, not on the writing side. My writing's abysmal. But yeah, it would definitely be Clay. The love that yeah. he has for me off air yeah. is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's almost reaching what my father has for me. So probably Clay, of course. So I've got one for, I've got friends for for different things that you might need. If you got a finance question, I got a guy. If you got a car question, I got a guy. I've got one buddy. His name is Justin. I mean, he could fix anything. I think if he had a pocket knife and a and a piece of wood, he could whittle it up a solution. So I mean, whether it's fixing a car, fixing a gun, uh, fixing a golf club. Or uh, putting up a piece of trim in your house. He's he's that he's that guy we all wish we could be. That we wish we could be as handy as he is. So depending on what my problem is, because like you know, if I need to fix the window in my house, or there's something wrong with just just seemingly anything, he always has the solution. I wish I was that guy. That's the way. Uh, that's the way Lee is. He's like yeah. a '60s dad. He can yeah. do anything. I mean, he can fix your roof. He can fix your mower. Yeah. Uh, fix your computer. You know, yeah. knows knows how to set the remote. <laughs> I mean, he can do anything. Oh, oh man, I got. I want to meet this guy, Chuck. He we've only communicated through email. But he sounds like a nice dude. Sounds like he's uh, reliable as it gets. Now I'm sure he's mortified. We're talking about him on the air, and I don't really know why we are. To be perfectly honest, but you know, I'm glad well, we I all need you. We all need that go-to person in our lives, yeah, you know. Again, right. it is call a friend day. So if someone, okay. there's someone out there that you could. Uh, you need at any given point that's always there for you. Make sure you let them know today since it's, again, Call a Friend Day. Call a Friend Day brought to you by AAA Bell Bondsman and uh, uh, in the written no, kit. But that's who you need to have on speed that's dial right. is, uh, is, a, is a Bell Bondsman, Ty. I got an uncle who's a, a Bell Bondsman. So, uh, uh, I hadn't used one of those in 10 years. Hopefully never again. Now, JT says that he would use me because if he's ever in jail, I could bail him out. Then you just reimburse me because I just expense him. So I like that text, JT. Well, JT's uh, going to be really disappointed how that will turn out for him. So, All right, that's your Morning Rush Daily Question. It's brought to you by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by V's Barbershop with two locations in Rogers and Bentonville. Visit V's Barbershop online at vbarbershop.com or in person and see why V's is a cut above the rest. I had a listener sent me this stat. I was pretty startled by it. So in Arkansas's 2020 football recruiting class that had 20 signees, they just had, I guess, is Marcus Henderson that hit the portal. There's only three players in that class that are still on the team. Dominique Johnson, Jashad Stewart out of Jonesboro, and then Titan Colin Sutherland. That kind of ties right into what Coach Pittman said yesterday. New teams every single year. Well, I can remember when he got here, and I just think this is the truth. Fan I mean, base when is you go... Go... Oh. oh, you're good. Chuck, I'll play the clip in a sec. Go ahead. 
Well, I, I, I was I was just going to say that, I, I mean, you know, when you're coming off Owen forever, um, you know, you're going to uh, <laughs> you're going to struggle in recruiting just because you are a new guy doesn't mean that everything's going to, you know, come up roses. I think his quote that year was we were just trying to find guys who liked us and, um, you know, they began to weed some of them out. It's but it is that way. I mean, it is that way. We're going to be able to look at ours and others moving forward, and it's going to be mind-boggling what some of these, these, these numbers are. Well, here's what Coach said yesterday. You're going to have 35 new players on your team every year. A fan base is going to go, you know, we're losing the team and all that. Well, they're going to do it next year, too, because we're going to have 35 or so new new faces on the team. That's, that's just how it is. Uh, you wish it wasn't that way, but that's how it is right now, and you're going to need recruiters and obviously guys that can coach but a good recruiter usually is a good man a guy that can relate to the players and hopefully we can keep a few more of them from going in the portal Chuck, you've been saying that for the last couple weeks and and i've been trying to like visualize that and and lock that in my head but i don't think it actually stuck until he said it yesterday and i'm just like i guess that's just the new era of college football we have to adjust to oh every year i mean every year you're gonna add 35 maybe on the low end some years um, I, I just think that's that's where we are. Good teams, bad teams, um, until or unless um, some changes on these rules. I, th- I think I think this is this is going to be the norm. Does that drive out some of the old heads? I mean, we, we saw it in basketball, and I don't know that you know Coach K and Roy Williams got out because NIL and transfer portal, but uh, you can certainly draw a conclusion if you want to that that they didn't want to deal with all this. Is some of the old guys that have made their money eventually say, you know what, I, I don't want to deal with all this. Well, maybe one or two. I, I don't think there's going to be very many, to be honest with you, because these guys are uber competitive. And, um, you know, you look at a guy maybe, you know, 70 years old, and, you know, and I know everybody wonders this, you know, when when you say is it going to drive some of these old hands out, what you're really saying is I wonder if Saban's going to quit. <laughs> um, you, you know, I, I mean, that's just the truth. And, um, um so, I mean, maybe, but, uh, you know, the game changes. I mean, lots of things change, and they've had to – coaches have had to change on the field. They've had to – I mean, we talk about, you know, is it going to drive them out? Do you ever think you'd see Nick Saban dancing in a recruit's house? I mean, no. I don't I don't ever recall hearing about Woody Hayes or Bo Schimbeckler dancing in a recruit's house. I mean, you've already started doing all kinds of things you never imagined you'd do, so – you know, the guys that are uh, – some of them maybe will decide to quit, but I bet most of them keep on keeping on. LSU legitimately has that dance-slash-visual visual studio where Brian Kelly and a recruit get up there, and it's it's like a – I don't even know how to describe it, like a Hollywood type of thing where they just blare music and they're just dancing, and Kelly's doing these weird dance moves, but players love that. I don't, I, I don't know if I've seen Pittman do that before, but you might see it in the next couple months or something. I don't know. I, I I have no idea what we'll see. No, I mean, uh, you know, with, with Pittman, it's about it. You know, it's about his quiet charm, and it's it's about his, uh, you know, his that that personality that's able to connect with people and build relationships. And um, you know, I just think it's going to get tougher and tougher. You know, you talk about players and roster turning over, coaching staffs turn over seemingly more today than they did five or ten years ago. I mean, it's just. Seems like the the wind blew and the you know what flew and there stood the head coach a lot of times and, and not oftentimes well, sometimes the head coach didn't stand. I'll tell you what I heard in that clip a minute ago. 
Uh, this is what stood out to me was when he talked about uh, how you got to hire recruiters. I think the way you hire coaches changes as a result of this. Um, if your roster is going to be made over 35, 40 guys every year, um, you better hire somebody that can recruit. I mean, you better do it. Yep. And I think the way you coach is going to change because you're not getting a guy for two or three years anymore. You talk about, well, you got to develop him. Got to get him in the weight room. Got to develop him. Nobody wants to do that. I mean, they want to play yesterday. And so, plus you got new guys in on your roster. You're you're not going to have them for more than a year or two. You may not have time to teach them your way, um, you know, the way that you once did. And so – I think the way you coach is going to change. I think the emphasis on recruiting for coaches is going to be greater than ever. I don't think you're going to be able to get away with being a great tactician and an average recruiter. Don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, now, I do think the opposite can happen. I think you can be a great recruiter and an average tactician, and you're going to have a job. I, I just, I just, I just think that's the way it works now. Yeah. How, how much? Because I don't always have a full full grasp of exactly everything that the guys that you don't talk about recruiting that the, the non-coaches but the you know the the director of scouting director of recruiting the, you know the, all, all of these support people um are their roles more important now guys than they've been in the past because of all the organization all the tracking of the portal all all of these things that that we talk about i mean i i can't imagine sam Pittman no sitting question. there looking at the portal every no. minute of every day but he's got someone that is well, and that's, that's one of the advantages of being in the SEC. It's one of the advantages of being at a Power 5 school is you can afford to hire all those people. And Arkansas has hired a bunch of them. And other SEC schools have as well. And we have a really good recruiting staff. Uh, and, you know, the recruiting staff that most people think of is, you know, the coach. <laughs> but there's a lot more to it than that. And, you know, what you were talking about, Ty, I, I don't I – don't, you know, I'm not going to be in any dance videos, but I understand that's, you know, that's <laughs> even if it's it for a five star right. Chuck, you're not going to do it for what a five I understand star. is that's 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 kind of the way it works right now. And and, and so my, my, my point is, is, is that, um, you know, it is important to have all those people in place. They have to know how to do that stuff. And we've got them and others do, too. But no, you're right. I mean, the, it's it's, it, it, it's not the head coach going over the portal every half hour. But I guarantee you there's somebody that is, and um, that's their job. That's what they do. You mentioned those people that don't often get mentioned except if it's early national signing period. And I can't remember for the life of me the, the guy's name who's Arkansas's director of recruiting, but when Pittman opened his early national signing day press conference, he mentioned him. He mentioned Bumper Pool's sister Maddie who works in the recruiting office and a couple others. These are people you haven't heard of or you don't hear about because they're not on – they're not the – Assistants, or they're not the coordinators, but they are vital to college football and Arkansas success. And without them, you'd be way behind. So uh, they got their credit, obviously, from Pittman from the jump when they had that press conference. No, I mean you're right, and um, I mean they are important, no doubt about it. Yeah, got to have those people. That's just I just wonder, you know, with you know just the organization and the seemingly every part is moving every hour of the day. Um, you know, just how much that role, how much that expands moving forward, because uh, it's just a, it's too big well, a job for one or two people. Expanded. Yeah, I mean, it's just too it's too big I think a job. It's already expanded. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I I don't I don't know just just to be honest, <laughs> I don't know that it can expand much more than it has. I, I mean, there's a they got a lot of people working in uh, working in recruiting, and and so 
um, yeah, all those all those jobs are important. And you know, when you talk about you know recruiting at the highest level, it is about organization. It's about having a lot of people, a lot of creative people. So, and um, you got to have the money to do that. Here's the next question that needs to be asked. How much power do players have relative to even five years ago? How much has that dynamic in college football and college sports changed to where it was even just measly five years ago? Well, that's as plain as the nose on your face. I mean, it's it's changed night and day. Of course it's changed. I mean, all you got to do is just, you know, read the news every day. How much? I mean, you know, look at what it was five years ago. Look at what it was today. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, there's no comparison. So player A is mad at a coach, an assistant, a position, or whatever, and he threatens to leave. I mean, we are we going to have situations where a head coach has to decide if he wants that said player or wants that said assistant coach? Is that where we're heading to, or are we already there? Well, I think it's probably happened before, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I understand what yeah, you're I'm, asking there. I'm not sure either. If a player is like, I don't like my – you got a star player. On and we, oh, we can making the head coach school. choose between a an assistant coach yeah, and the player. Me okay. or him? Me or him, no, coach? No, no, we're not no, there yet. Are we no, going to get no, there at any no, point? No, we won't get there. Not he. Not at Arkansas. No. no Why not at Arkansas, no. Tommy? Why won't we be at that stage like other schools might find themselves in? Because I just don't think Arkansas inherently or historically gets Why enough do you think five it's stars. Happen? Yeah, no, that isn't going to happen. I, uh, that's 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 uh, that's that's far fetched right there. That isn't going to happen. So what what is the the limit of this from a player standpoint? Like, what is the threshold of how much they could ask for? What they can get? Like, if we're talking about this dynamic between coaches and players, what is the extent of the player's power in this whole dynamic? Well, I think it's still about the money, and uh, you know the question is: Does the NCAA? Is there you know there's there's a lot of things that are legal that I don't understand with collective bargaining and things that have to be done to put caps and limits on this. But at some point, I got to believe we're going to work towards some system where we're at least on equal ground, equal footing. You know, where one school can't have let's just say fifteen million dollars to pass out, and one school's got five. Uh, if we if we continue the way we're going. Guys, it's going to end up where, and it may be there already, and we just don't want to recognize it, where you start the year and there's really only, you know, six, eight schools that have a, a, a realistic shot at winning the national championship. And I don't think that's what sports is all about. We're, we're supposed to, at least in our heads, believe everyone's got uh, somewhat of a, of a chance to do this. And the system we're headed towards is going to keep, it's going to keep the middle to little to little guy out of the equation. Old schools just go around that like they've been doing for the last 50 years. I mean, there was cheating in recruiting before. What's the what's well, the obstacle if you well, if you set that cap, you set that limit like you're referring to? What's the the obstacle of Ohio State deciding, you know, we're just going to funnel this money like we used to do allegedly or another school pick a blue blood that's been cheating in a number of years. What's the obstacle of them just going back to what they used to do? At probably? least there's a rule in place. Right now, there's no rules in place. That's the concern for me. How how much widespread cheating do you think there was prior to this whole NIL thing coming no about? Idea. I mean, I, in college football specifically, how much above board stuff was actually going on between and then like below the belt stuff? I mean, do you, do you honestly think everything was has been above board prior to NIL coming about, and then it just changed? The no, dynamic but you ask how much. I don't know how much. I mean, you know, Arkansas seemingly is a place that. 
we follow the rules, and sometimes to the point of frustration. But I don't know how to answer that question. How much is going on out there? I mean, uh, you know, I think I think there's there's certainly been some things that would draw your attention. Y'all are getting too deep. There's a football game today and a basketball game tonight. And I know that's what they're talking about at V's <laughs> Barbershop right now. I do yep. know that. V's Barbershop's a full-service barbershop. That's one of the things I like about them. It means they do much more than provide a great haircut. They they believe a haircut should be a ritual, kind of hearkening back to a simpler day, if you want to use a term like that. They've got real barber chairs. They've got old-fashioned hot leather and straight-edge razors. And they do set a new standard. For barber shops, edge up, shampoo, straight razor shaves. They'll trim your mustache. They've got deluxe beard trim. Shave your neck, shine your shoes. They'll do it all. And uh, that's what full service is. Now, they've got two locations in northwest Arkansas. They're on southwest 14th Street in Bentonville. And they're in Rogers in the Pleasant Crossing Shopping Center. If you're in Little Rock, they're on Cantrell Road, out on Chennault Parkway, too. Or you can log on to thebarbershop.com. So Arkansas is a five-and-a-half-point favorite against LSU tonight in the PMAC and a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the Bet Saracen app against Kansas. Guys, which team do you feel more confident is going to cover tonight, basketball or football? Well, I'd like that roster to be in a little bit better spot like the basketball team. I know you're missing Nick Smith and Trevin Brazell's done for the year, but, uh, you know, with seemingly not quite half of your roster being filled with walk-ons and only what what'd you say chuck 51 scholarship players yeah 51 52 somewhere in there i mean that that's what gives me pause but maybe it's the fan of me maybe it's the optimist of me i you know i think arkansas is going to win the day with running the football i think arkansas wins them both i think arkansas wins them both what did you say earlier, Tommy? Can't lose them both, but you sure would like to win them both. Well, yeah, I mean, you you know, you don't want to go to bed tonight feeling like uh, you went over two today. But uh, hey, well, you know, one guy we didn't talk enough about. And we need to zero in on him because I think he's the most important thing about today's football game is KJ. Um, last year in the bowl game, a little rusty in the passing game, had some uncharacteristic interceptions. Uh, this year, he's only thrown four for the year, but. Uh, um, is he come out and, and have some problems in the passing? What kind of game do you think KJ's going to have today? Because he was a little out of sorts last year in the bowl game, but, but dialed it in in the second half running the football. Well, he's got to be good. He's got to be good if Arkansas is going to win today. And, um, you know, how much they're going to be able to throw, I don't know, because I don't know how much they're going to have to throw. I do know they're going to want to throw. Um, you know, I, I think back to the BYU game, and, you know, how you establish the passing game early on. And, you know, but you got a lot fewer candidates now. Um, so, you know, are you going to be able to do that uh, the way you'd like to and the way you did then with a, you know, with a more complete roster? But KJ's going to have to have a good day. I mean, he's going to have to run the ball well. He's going to have to uh, avoid interceptions when he throws it, as you were talking about. I think if Arkansas can avoid turnovers today, I think they'll have a real chance to do what you were talking about, wear them down in the second half and run to win. Um, but, you know, that that involves K.J. because he's going to be the yeah. one with the ball in his hand most of the time. So, K.J. plays well. I think Arkansas wins. Rocket Sanders is averaging over 18 attempts, rushing attempts a game. I got to believe that number's higher than that today. Is that – is that reading maybe, that wrong? I, I, maybe. I, he, well, he's at 219 you know, I, for the year. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it means you know more carries for Rocket. It might mean collectively between Rocket and Green and Dubinion, you know, maybe you run the ball a little bit more. I don't know. I, I mean, Arkansas's, Arkansas's, uh, you know, their balance has been, 
you know, both teams have been balanced. Arkansas has thrown for 230, passed for 223. Um, I don't suspect that they're going to, you know, just like to- turn into total grounded pound because if they do, here's what's going to happen. I mean, you say line them, run the ball. I mean, you know, Kansas is going to load that box up. They're going to outnumber you up there. You, you know, I mean, you're going to have to throw some. And um, I think that's going to be a real key is can you do enough to keep them from just loading it up? Because I don't care how good your line is, how good your running backs, your quarterbacks are, if they outnumber you up there in the box, you're going to struggle. And the way that, you know, the way you combat that is keep them from doing it. Chuck, is Make the, them pay when they do. Is the base, you mentioned loading it up, and I would think that Matt Landers is going to be keyed on defensively. If, they, if you're Coach Leipold, is that what you're doing? Loading the box and double-teaming Landers? Is that kind of the base of your thought process I don't, today? I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into a lot of coach speak. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of Landers, but yes, I think they will try to stop the run. I think they will load up to stop the run, yes. It's football playoff and bowl season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings with 64-inch TVs everywhere, cold beer, delicious burgers, and you-know wings. Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch all the playoff and bowl games. So bring the gang and join us this playoff and bowl season at our Conway, Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, and Fort Smith locations. Buffalo Wild Wings, your home for the big games. Roar! First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Arkansas versus LSU tonight in the Pete Maravich Center. The 76th all-time meeting between the Razorbacks and Tigers where you lead 41-34. to That game is at 8 o'clock. Now, the setup for tonight, we will have the Arkansas football game in the Liberty Bowl, and then Derek and I will have hog reaction after. That game is on ESPN2, and, of course, the Liberty Bowl is on ESPN. So excited about the setup for today. Chuck, you brought up this earlier, and I hadn't, I didn't know about this, and this is kind of the insight that we have the luxury of with you being on the show. Kansas's new kicker hasn't attempted a field goal all year. That's going to be something to watch and monitor in this game tonight when it might yeah, come down might to be. special teams. Might be. I mean, they, um, you know, their 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 kicker this year struggled. He was seven of thirteen. Uh, on field goal attempts and lost his job in practice and basically just quit the team. Uh, didn't go to their last game. And so they've got a redshirt freshman. He's uh, attempted five extra points, made all of them, but he's not attempted a field goal this year. So, you know, what I wonder more than anything is, you know, how does that affect their decision-making? Um, you know, I've seen games, and we've had a game or two here over the years where – you know, we knew that we weren't going to be able to kick a field goal in all probability. And so when it's fourth down on the other team's 29 or the other team's 31, it's fourth and four, fourth and three, uh, what do you do there? Now, the score will dictate some of it, but um, how do you handle that? And 
So, yeah, it's it, it, it might not have anything to do with the outcome, but it might. Two, or is it 98 Mississippi State? Tommy, they yeah. kind of found themselves in that situation. That's, that's, that's the one I was thinking about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I'm looking at this. Uh, Jacob is a Borsilla, I guess, is the guy that's not there. He made 48 yeah. of 48 PATs like he was talking about. The leading scorer on the team was 69 points. He scored and seven field goals. So, I mean, this was someone they could more or less rely on. Uh, so, I think you're right, well, Chuck. When it comes to third and fourth down situational, um, you know, and, 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 and things that the head coach and, and Leopold's going to have to decide on, that's got to be in the back of your mind somewhere. Well, it's he's, he's kind of been in that spot anyway because this guy had seven field goals, but he missed six. So, uh, um, you know, he, he's, he's, you know, he's a 50-50 guy, basically. And ultimately, I guess that's, that's why he lost his job. But, you know, hey, this may not have anything to do with it. But um, it might. I mean, we'll just have to see how it goes. All right. And then on the other side, Tommy, you asked the question, who's going to be holding for with Cam Little and uh, Max Fletcher's taking over those duties with Reed Bauer, the Mortel winner, holder of the year, uh, departing from this program. So something else to watch. When it comes to this football team tonight, yeah, you hope no one knows who the holder is at the end of the day. That's 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 the that's the whole goal is no one notices. Well, the conditions are going to be fine, and so I mean, if you if if you mess up a snap, snapping it or holding it, I mean, it's not because it's not going to be because of the conditions. It's just going to be because you messed up. <laughs> that's going to do it for your hog update. It is brought to you by Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call eight eight eight. Sparky. Let's talk to Charlie, who's in Camden this morning. Charlie, good morning, man. Guys, good morning. How you guys doing? What's up, Charlie? How was your holiday? Good. How are you? Can you guys hear? Can you guys hear me good? I just want to make sure I'm in a decent area. Yep, you're in a good spot. All right. you sound great. Uh, I'm I'm pulled over here, guys. You guys would understand if you live down here. You know, you just gotta find a spot and just pull over for a minute. Um, anyway. I was thinking you guys were talking about running the football today. I think a lot of it is what Clay talked about yesterday on halftime. With them running this RPO system, it's going to determine what they do. And if they load the box, we're going to we're going to have to make some plays down the field. And uh, I think Matt Jones mentioned, you know, these receivers, you know, they're going to get one on one, and they got to they got to make some plays. And whether it be Matt Land, I, I trust Matt Landers, but guys, I think it's just going to come down to if KJ you know, believes in, you know, Jay and Wilson, like he says he has in practice. And can he in the game, you know, make a play or two? And if you can do that and back these guys off, then I think you do run the football and wear them down. But you're going to have to make a play or two. Like you said, Chuck, they're going to have to make a few throws here and there. Now, last year, I know they only threw for 90-something yards and ran. What what they run for last year in the ballgame, like 300-plus? Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember and I don't know if it'll come down if it'll be that way this year, especially with a you know you got a couple new starters uh, or a new starter on the offensive line, kind of a little different group there. But we'll see, uh, Chuck. I know you're Superman and all, so they're not going to grab you from the football game and, and somehow fly you to LSU on time, right? No. I mean that's not possible. No, okay. I wish it could happen. No, no. Uh, and I don't see how you could shift mindset so quickly. So, so is it just going to be Matt calling the basketball game tonight, or how's that going to work? <laughs> well, yeah, wouldn't that be something? Turn loose. <laughs> Woo! Turn it loose. <laughs> would be a really no, safe but, uh, in sight. So. Uh, Tommy, you make a good point. I do want to point this out before I go about the SEC basketball, you know, as a whole. I was looking at all the teams and the home records. 
it's going to be hard to win on the road in this league. And I, I do worry about this team struggling in the half court offensively without Nick. But, you know, if we can, you know, we're always going to be a team that if we can take it away and turn you over and speed you up, then it's going to be hard to beat us. But I do worry about that a little bit in the half court. But, you know, Ty, you talked about it the other day without Nick. I mean, you know, I don't know if I see this team making the Final Four, but I'm not going to give up on them. I still think Musk is a guy that can figure things out. So I don't know what's going to happen with Nick. I don't think anyone does want him to play. But I wish him well either way. He's he's, – I think he's a good kid. I think he's got all these different people in his ear, and he's got to he's got to make the best decision for him. So, at the end of the day, anyways, guys, I'll hang up. And listen, thanks, Charlie. Appreciate the call. I want y'all to think about this. So, Arkansas is a top ten net ranking. Last year, at this point in time, they were at ninety. You've lost one game by three points with a team that's now lost its sixth man to a torn ACL. Your supposed best player, who's been sporadically playing throughout the season and you're entering conference play as a top-10 team in the country. There's not an SEC coach out there that wouldn't take those circumstances heading into conference play. And you got a road test tonight that you got to get, but I think a lot of fans are really happy where this team is right now, and you should be based on the way they played to this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would agree with that. There's, there's a lot of reasons to be happy. Yeah, and I think uh, – I think this team will be fine on the road without Nick. I mean, you know, they're, they're six and seven opening SEC play in, in road in, in road games, so they don't have a winning record there. I pointed out last year they lost to Mississippi State. They still found their way to the Elite Eight. They'd probably like to finish higher in the league, Chuck, but it uh, does not mean the end of the world if they don't win tonight. Well, you know, I wish Nick Smith was playing too, but, you know, I'll pose a question to you guys. Has there been a point this year where you think Arkansas has been appreciably better, appreciably better, because Nick Smith Jr. is on the floor? I don't think we've gotten to see enough of him consistently to even get to that conclusion is the problem. Well, my point is, is I think that, you know, what they've done so far, I think think they're good enough to make a pretty deep run right now, no matter what happens. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com.
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Guys, it's a treat for us today to have Broderick Green on, former Razorback. He's played in Liberty Bowl Stadium. It was awfully cold that night. That's uh, that's what I remember. Broderick, first off, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. How you? Well, I'm doing well. You know, I was thinking about that game, and the one thing that I think about is how cold it was. Maybe the coldest I've ever been watching a game. I wonder about playing in a game. Is that the coldest you've ever been? Easily the coldest game I've ever played in. And, uh, what do you remember about that night? What do you remember about that night? Um, there were lots of hand warmers being used. Um, there were lots of heaters on the sideline. Um, there were lots of uh, stiff muscles and stiff moments. And uh, But it was fun. Roger, what was your experience in Memphis like for the fans that are making their way there today or the ones that are already there? What was something you guys did that you remembered off the field? Um, I went and had bread pudding at BB King's. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I did not eat last time I was there, but we did uh, experience BB King's. Is, is that, was that definitely your favorite part? You know, it was BB King's. It was Rendezvous. Uh, it was tons of different places, and you know, just the atmosphere was cool, and seeing all the people walking around, you know, that little tourism feel. Even though I wasn't from too far away, uh, it was still a great place to be, and you know, nice atmosphere. Well, Roderick, the uh, the, the weather conditions are going to be much more mild <laughs> for for the game today than they were when you played there. Uh, what twelve, thirteen years ago? It's it, time time is getting by. As uh, that was the first part of the end of the two thousand nine season. A lot has changed with this offense, and when you watched this year, and you've watched the last couple of years, and you see KJ Jefferson, much different than than the Ryan Mallett you played with, and, and later on the with with Tyler Wilson. What's your thoughts? Of, what's your uh, evaluation of this offense that's that's based on this RPO with KJ Jefferson? You know, it was totally different from the type of offense we ran. I mean, obviously we threw the ball probably you know thirty, forty times a game. I mean, but. With the quarterbacks we had, I mean, can you blame us? But, um, you know, two totally different styles, totally different quarterbacks. But, you know, KJ's guy comes in, you know, he runs the ball a lot. You know, he's got size to him. Um, he's aggressive, fights for extra yardage. Um, you know, he's a leader out there. And, you know, he does what he can and puts his body on the line to try to help us win. So, um, you know, I think he does a good job out there. And, um, you know, the fans really like him. You know, he seems to um, have built a good reputation with the team. And, um, and I think he's going to try to help us out a lot this year. Broderick, when I talk to former players, the one thing I hear them say over and over again is, man, I wish I was playing right now for all this NIL stuff and the opportunities and the portal and all that. And, you know, we just came around 10, 15 years too soon. What do you think when you look at what's going on in college ball right now with some of the money that's being tossed around and people people moving around seemingly all the time? Honestly, um, I, I, the players deserve it. 
you know, I remember those days in college where, you know, you barely have enough food to eat. You know, you, you, you have so much stuff going on that you don't have time to work. And you try to work it sometimes in the summer, but your schedule's filled every day. And, I mean, sometimes you're up 4 in the morning and you're not getting home until 1130 at night. And you may have had an hour break at the most two hours throughout the entire day. And so I'm like, hey, compensate these guys. Yeah, they deserve it. You know, you're using their likeness. Um, there's so much money that they make. And these players, you know, can barely eat, you know, barely have enough food at times. Hey, they deserve it. Uh, um, a meal card from a cafeteria isn't enough. So, hey, I, I see no issue with it um, as far as the pay. But at the same time, I feel like they may need to put a little cap on it or something just because you got so many players hopping around schools now and trading teams and doing it for the wrong reason and leading to, you know, oh, my money's worth here, I'm going here, all this. Like, at the same time, play for the love of the game. There's nothing wrong with being paid, but play for the love of the game. It seems like there's still guys out there. I mean, we get cynical and we think, man, everybody's in it for the money. And there's nothing wrong with being in it for the money. I, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, we're all in it for the money to a certain extent. But it does seem like there are a lot of guys out there that that still play for the love of the game. And I just wonder, as a, as a former player, if that's one of the things you notice when you watch players now and try to determine, hey, do they really love this? Because those are the guys that ultimately are going to do well for you, I would think. Oh, yeah, of course. Like I said, I mean, I was a guy that tore my ACL and was supposed to be out the entire year. But because I love the game so much and love my teammates and I wanted to help us out, I battled and did what I could, rehabbed and came back in months. Yeah. Broderick Green with us here on the Morning Rush. Broderick, when you, uh, when you look at Sam Pittman, and uh, the direction he's taking this program, his his leadership style, the way he creates relationships. Uh, you know, what comes to mind to you as a former player after we'd been through such a kind of a lean, dark time? Uh, you know, where are you at now with this program and your estimate as a former player? You know, um, I met Coach Pittman once, twice, and I mean, he seemed like a really cool guy. And I didn't know him as well, but before he came, I reached out to a lot of the players that I knew that you know, played for him. And everyone I talked to was like, man, coach, I mean, like, hey, Coach Pittman's the real deal. Hey, he's a player's coach. Man, you're going to love him. Watch. Like, he's going to change the program. I'm telling you, uh, Pittman's the real deal. I'm like, all right, cool. And, um, you know, just seeing the impact he's had on the team and those little, those little cliche quotes and, you know, the recruiting and what he's done for the state. You know, in the time he's been there, um, I just feel like, you know, he's in a rough patch right now. And all coaches go through it. It's the rebuilding phase. and um, You know, things happen. Players leave. Players transfer. You know, um, people graduate. It's a part of it. Every year it happens. Um, but we believe in him. We got his back. And it is one of those things where, hey, we're just going to have to bring in some good recruiting. And, you know, Get the team to buy in and understand we're rebuilding and we got to start over. 
Broderick, last question from us, and we appreciate you making time for us this morning. Uh, you took advantage of a transfer coming in from USC back to home in Arkansas as a Little Rock guy. When you notice the in-state talent that you played with, how do you think that stacks up to what's currently in Arkansas high school football? You know, I we we had a lot of in-state uh, in-state talent, and uh, a lot of guys were able to get away, including myself. And it's one of those things where you got to recruit hard in state. You got to keep the guys here. You know, at my during my time, I didn't feel like I was valuable. I didn't feel like I had a role. And I didn't feel like I was wanted because of how my process went. And guys want to feel like, hey, you know, you want me to be a part of your program. You want to use me in a certain way, in a certain light. And how can I come in and help the team? And if you don't give off that vibe, guys are going to go elsewhere. Guys are going to go where, you know, now they're going to get the NILs and the NIL deals. And, you know, I know you want players to come in with the passion and just say, hey, you know, just play the game here because you love it and whatever. We're not going to pay you. At the same time, now with the new style, yes, find the guy with the heart. But at the same time, you got to pay the players. I mean, you know, you don't have to pay them all. But at the same time, we can't go with the old school mindset and just be like, oh, no, nah, I'm not paying nobody. Because, I mean, you're not going to get any players now with this new NIL thing. And players are going to constantly go to other schools and start fishing around. So, I mean, I just think it's one of those things where I ain't saying you got to pay everybody, but don't be afraid to if you have to because, I mean, sometimes it is what it is. Roger Green, former Razorback running back, was on that 2009 team that played in the 2010 Liberty Bowl, a great game against East Carolina, a cold day that night. Roger, we really appreciate your time this morning, man. Appreciate catching up with you. No problem. Thank you all for having me. Go Hogs. Love that. Go Hogs at the end. Again, former Razorback Roger Green, Guys, a lot to unpack in that interview. What do you think stood out? He's all about the NIL, and I think a lot of former players wish, like you asked, Chuck, if they they were playing in today's times and today's rules and the transfer portal. Uh, you know, I, it wasn't the portal, but he did come back to Arkansas under different circumstances. But uh, I think there's a lot of former players that feel like they could uh, financially have done a lot better for themselves if given the opportunities of today. Well, I think when you hear him, you know, I can hear in the tone of his voice and in some of the things he says what I've heard a lot of players say over the years, and, and I've, I've kind of watched him do this. Um, you know, these kids are up at 4.30, 5 o'clock every morning. Most college kids aren't. A lot of college kids, they won't see noon for a whole or They won't see morning for a whole semester. <laughs> And uh, these these guys are up before the crack of dawn. I tell you, I found out we did a feature when Petrino was here on his coach's show about, you know, the a day in the life of two a days. You know, your typical feature story. Well, it was my bright idea that if hey, if we're going to really know what they're doing, we got to catch somebody when they get up. And um, so we're out there filming at five thirty in the morning. And here's what made an impression on me, and I've never forgotten it. You can spot student athletes on campus by the gear they wear. That's, I mean, that's, that's how you spot them on campus. They were everywhere. They were walking all over the place at 5.45, 6 o'clock in the morning. And I thought about that. And this was at a time when they weren't getting paid. And I thought about all the people that sit on their couch or in their cars and gripe about them. They hadn't seen 5.45 in the morning in forever. Um, but, you know, these kids were up. And when he's talking about getting up at four in the morning and you literally do a lot of days you got an hour for lunch 
and then you're in football and then you're in study hall and then you got extra film and 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 you do get back at 11 o'clock at night and you ain't got any money now that's going to build resentment it's going to build resentment it's inevitable and um so that's what i hear in the tone of broderick's voice and in the tone of a lot of players is that hey man we're doing more than most of you guys every day and we deserve a little something now maybe it's gone too far um my personal feeling is it has and i kind of agree with what he said some point you got to cap this i don't know how you do it but at some point you got to but um that's what i've heard from players current players former players that uh they deserve something yeah and and, you know just fairness to the to the story since since his playing time and before nil they They've added things like the Jerry and Gene Jones Center where athletes get fed very well anytime they want, more or less. Uh, full cost of attendance was brought along. Mike Slive was a big spearhead in that. So uh, to Broderick's points, there's some things have changed. And may- maybe like you just said a moment ago, maybe the pendulum has swung too far out of balance, but uh, hopefully the powers that be will, will figure out why, where the right balance is for that. Hey, if you're interested in finding out more about what's going on in the markets, you know, I do know a spot for that. We may not figure out the NIL, but I do know about that. You can check out the Mach 1 Market Moment podcast. A lot of cool things coming up for the Mach 1 Financial Group in 2023. They made a move to a new building. They're going to have some changes in their podcast format. It really is informational. I think you'll like it. And now is a great time to subscribe to their show so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming content. You can go to Mach1FG.com. That's M-A-C-H, the number one, F-G.com. You can find out more. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. For full disclosures, visit Mach1Financial.com slash disclosures. Tommy, you've referenced the walk-on number heading into this game tonight. Was it, you say, 47? 37. 37? Okay. what I read. Well, you think about the number of players that have opted out, hit the portal, or getting ready for the draft. That number's 23. Now, some of those guys have contributed more this season than others, but, I mean, we've we've heard, like, advocating. I heard, like, with Charlie talking about Jaden Wilson earlier. Coach, I remember Coach Pittman talking about him in fall camp saying, no one knows your name, why don't you – Prove them wrong and show up. Well, it's that it's that opportunity that awaits them coming up at four thirty today with all these guys opting out. Yeah, I, I, I just think on the defensive side, I mean, how things may be a little bit different. Obviously, personnel wise, Chuck coaching wise, got Michael Sher going to call the defense. It it feels like, and I may be dead wrong when this is when this is all said and done, but I believe we're heading for some change with the defensive staff. That's what my gut tells me, at least, and. Um, I think it's an interesting game today to see the, the the fingerprints of who's kind of designing and shaping this defense and how much different will it look without the personnel and without Barry Odom. I don't think it's going to look much different. Um, I think it'll be, uh, this, schematically, I think it'll be very, very similar. Um, you know, there's always, you know, if I was the head coach, I'd, you know, I'd do this or I'd tweak that, you know. Um That'll probably happen. I mean, he'll put his own stamp on things here and there, but um, you know, they've 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 not changed that much up. I mean, that's what's going to happen in spring ball. Yeah, I would. I mean, I just wonder, you know, with what you've got, do you have to make some changes just to get get through this game and be as effective as you can be with the personnel you do have on hand? 
Well, I, I just, I just, I just think you play your defense. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Um, I mean, again, when you look at, like, for example, let's just let's just take the defensive line right here. He was talking about this. You know, they got seven or eight guys here they can win with. I mean, I'm looking at Jackson, Stewart, Hampton, Gregory, Ball, Dominic, Zach Williams. Um, you can win with those guys. You know, that's a good enough group to win with. Your linebackers, you got Paul and Crook. I think that's good enough to win this game. You know, is it good enough to go through the conference season? Well, probably not. Good enough to win this game. And in terms of the guys that, you know, you're going to play in the secondary, McAdoo, Chavis, Brenny, who, by the way, came back when he could have left. No reason at all for Latavius Brenny to play in this game, according to the outside world standard. But he's here. Um, Hudson Clark. Jaden Johnson, Simeon Blair, Dwight McLaughlin, all those guys have played. You're minus Slusher, basically, and you're minus Trent Gordon yeah. among the guys who are going to play. So, I mean, I think you got enough guys to run your defense. Now, you don't need to get a bunch of people hurt, but um, I think you got enough guys to run your defense here. Yeah, and he talked about Malik Chavis and really been maybe one of the most improved players during this bowl prep uh, period. And he, you know, when the head coach is calling you out by name, uh, obviously you've caught his attention in in the practices. You know, it's interesting to watch coaches work when they call guys by name. Sometimes they're lauding them for what they've done in practice, and other times they're trying to talk them into getting better. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, um, and 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 I've seen Pittman do both. Um, I've seen him compliment guys that i know he'd like to just you know kick them in the butt but um he's trying to build them up build their confidence it's a you know it's a psychological game and uh but chavis has gotten better and uh you know this is a guy when he came out of rising i mean he, he was you know he very sought after i mean he's he's a good player but all these guys are going to play a lot of snaps today all of them are going to play a lot of snaps this podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Get everything you need for your next project today at Menards and save big money. LP SmartSide products are the number one brand of engineered wood siding. SmartSide trim and siding offers long-lasting performance and delivers the warmth and beauty of traditional wood. Save big money today at Menards and LP SmartSide products. Plus, visit Menards.com to view the weekly flyer and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money.